0: Welcome into the latest episode of Recruiting Down South, the Saturday Down South podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. You can follow me on Twitter. My handle's at Michael W. Bratton, and I go by SEC Mike. And today we got a really good guest lined up for you. we got Corey Long. He's the SDS recruiting expert, and he was down in Orlando for the Under Armour All-American game last weekend, so I figured he'd be a great person to kind of bounce some questions off. Of some of the prospects down there uh, and also you know a couple more players that went to that didn't participate in that game but did in the U.S. Army All-American game of course there's so much talent in Florida you really can't uh, group them all into one all-star game there's just there's just too many good players there so uh, yeah our guest today Corey Long and you can follow him on Twitter at Corey Long I think you're really going to like this one Okay, today's guest on the Recruiting Down South podcast is our very own Corey Long. You can follow him on Twitter, at Corey Long. He's a must-follow for all kind of SEC recruiting. Uh, He's based out of Florida, and he went down to the 2018 Under Armour All-American game. So I just wanted to get his thoughts on uh, just just his main takeaways from the guys down there heading to SEC. So um, thanks for joining us, uh, Corey. How are you doing? Oh, I'm
1: doing a well, while, doing a well. while. It was a uh, uh, sitting here in traffic uh, right now, as most of us <laughs> tend to do, Friday afternoons if you're around uh, central Florida. So sitting on a bridge in an unnamed area, just uh, just sitting just sitting in traffic. We'd glad to talk to you.
0: All right, great. So uh, hopefully this will be a little bit inter- more entertaining than just uh, looking at the back end of another car.
1: Yeah, I hope so. I mean, this car isn't the, the bumper stickers are kind of faded on
0: the one that's in front of me, so not even a whole lot to read there. Okay, the the first guy that I wanted to ask you about, just to get your general thoughts on uh, running back Maurice Washington. Now, he was a complete unknown to me going into this game. Obviously, he came away with uh, offensive MVP honors for one side. And now it looks like he's got interest from a couple SEC schools. I know Nebraska is also interested in him. So uh, just just wondering your thoughts on Maurice Washington and and what he showcased during that game. Well, he was electric. I mean, clearly, right
1: away it seemed like, um, and he was was on Deion Sanders' team, and right away it seemed like the staff took an affinity to him. They let him start. And you know, right away, really targeted him with some big plays. He scores on a he scores on a on a, on a nice little inside zone run. Scores on a wheel route. Makes a big uh, a big kick return. I think it was 63 yard kick return. Then scores later on that drive. So first player to ever have a rushing and receiving touchdown in an Under Armour game. First player to score three touchdowns in an Under Armour game. And uh, he was electric all day. I mean, he really was. A, he was a young man that was out there. He's a very much under the radar kid, you know, kind of your mid-level, quote unquote, three-star prospect. But um, you know, I, I, you know, from what I, from what I was told all week, you know, he had a he was competing hard, and uh, he had definitely earned the right to get some touches in the game. And you know, when he went out there, he made things happen. And I remember it was either right after or late in the week he had got late, late before the game he had gotten a, a Tennessee offer. And I was curious to see, you know, what was going to come of him, you know, after this game. I feel like, you know, there were a few people that were really going to jump on him late. And, you know, when I look at him as a prospect, uh, you know, not any one thing he does blows you away per se. But he's a really, you know, he's a good, you know, he's a good back in what I, you know, in today's football, today's more. You know, more spread West Coast type. You want a running back that can make plays in the passing game and plays in the running game, and he's got that ability. He's got really good hands, and a really, and he's really, and he's seen, and he's a smart receiver, and he seems to run the routes well out of the backfield. So, you know, I find that I, uh, you know, I find that there's a lot of schools he
0: can fit into, but the ones are, you know, primarily ones that are going to get the ball in his hands in different ways. Yeah, and it's interesting that you mention that because. It seems like ever since leading up to that game and following that performance, Ole Miss and Tennessee are really interested in getting him in. He's scheduled to visit each of those schools. Uh, Ole Miss, a week from, from today, essentially. Tennessee, the following weekend. So if let's say he goes to either one of those schools. I'm not sure which way he's leaning at all at this point, but uh, I would imagine, as you noted, his recruiting has picked up tremendously from his week there uh is is he a player that you think could potentially make an impact in his first year and it was obviously running backs tend to uh it's a little bit easier for them to come in immediately both at the college and the nfl level so could you see him making some contribution next next year yeah i mean you know impact it's, it's always a funny thing do i think he can get out there and get reps
1: as a freshman and get some pt absolutely uh you know, I'm not, I couldn't say he's going to be an all-freshman guy, I don't know. Uh, It just depends on his his usage rate, but when I look at his skill set, you know, can you put him on your return team? Yes. Can Can he come in right away and do some things that you would want a third down back to do? Yes, although I'm not sure about how good his pass protection is. I think he's a relatively tough young man, so that would tell me that as he puts more weight on his frame that, you know, he's a kid that you could you could trust in pass protection, but uh, I mean, in terms of catching the ball out of the backfield, in terms of, you know, running the ball, I don't, I don't see him as a 25 carry, a type guy, you know, I don't think he's going to wear down defenses necessarily, but he's a kid that I think you, you, you definitely make, you, you know, you definitely as an offensive coordinator, you know, you get paid to figure out ways to give kids like him the football and, and in different and in different, uh, you know, different formations, different looks. I could, I could definitely see him, you know, being a really intriguing all-purpose player.
0: The next guy I wanted to ask you about, obviously, is the Florida signee Emery Jones. A lot of people are slotting him in as a potential starter immediately for Dan Mullen just. Based on the simple fact that Florida may not have a quarterback that fits that system. they got no other quarterbacks. You you watch Florida games this year, they don't have any other quarterbacks. Right, like it's hard to, I mean, I actually like Felipe Franks. I think he's got potential, but I just, I don't know how he would fit in at all with Dan Mullen, so. Felipe, unfortunately Felipe, I think he's just, he's damaged.
1: I think mentally he's, he's completely, he's just, you know, I think it's just, he, he needed development. You know, he was a kid that shouldn't have played this year, to be honest. I actually touted him as someone that should have played, and I was wrong. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, in fact, is he shouldn't have played because he just wasn't anywhere near to development. I think the, the worst thing you can do with a young player is playing too early. So, in his case, I, I mean, I'm not saying he can't rebound somewhere, but I don't think it'll be at Florida. And beyond just not being a good fit from the offense, I think uh, if he was a good player... Um, you know, I think Mullen can tailor certain things towards him. He does have some athleticism, but he's not. Mentally, I just don't think he is. I think he's just exhausted with the process and, you know, and with the the abuse that he had to deal with both, you know, within the fan base, on the field, off the field, Mm -hmm. you know, I think he's just a a young man that needs to go somewhere else. So I, I would agree that Emory, is going to, uh, you know, is probably going to have every opportunity
0: to get early reps. And based on what you've seen from Emory Jones, do you think he'll have success if he plays next year if he starts? I think he has a long way to go as a passer, to be honest with you. Uh, I think he's a
1: good runner. I think he can make some plays with his feet. I think his best passing situations will not will come will not come on traditional call passes, but on. Plays where the that that have kind of broken down, and he's able to buy time in the backfield. You know, I but I, you know, I look at those things, and I look at like Dan Mullen's history with quarterbacks. Uh, you know, Dax wasn't a great passer when he started; improved over time. Fitzgerald really took some steps forward as a passer this year before he got hurt. So you don't need to be a great passer to have success in Mullen's offense. Uh, but there are going to be times, you know, you, you know, there are going to be times when he's going to struggle to move the ball because he can't, you know, because there are going to be passing situations, and I don't, and he, I, he just, he's not a kid that, even right now, you know, as a dual threat, yes, he's an athletic quarterback, but, you know, even athletic quarterbacks, as you know, can, you know, he can, he can sit in
0: there and just deliver that pass when you need to, on third and long.
1: I don't know that he's there
0: yet. Mm-hmm. Another quarterback that really opened my eyes during that game was Joey Gatewood, the Auburn signee. And on one of our previous episodes, we had Mike Farrell rivals on, and I asked him, yeah. you know, why it seemed like Auburn was always pursuing another quarterback. They were, you know, they tried to get Justin Fields. Uh, there, there was, uh, there's other quarterbacks that they tried to go after. And I asked him, you know, if Gatewood is this All-American, why or why is Auburn pursuing other options? And he essentially said, you know, from everything he's seen, everything he's heard, Joey Gatewood is just a very, very raw prospect. But watching him in that Under Armour game, he seems like a perfect fit for the Gus Malzahn's offense, what he wants to do, even a better fit than Jared Stidham. Now, I, I don't imagine he would ever play over Jared Stidham next year. But looking down the line, is Joey Gatewood a, uh, a prospect that you think could, could potentially be a star at Auburn?
1: Yeah, I guess I wonder what Mike sees because I've been watching Joey since he was a sophomore. I never thought of him as a raw prospect. Uh, he is a he's a he's a very good athlete that could play more than one position on the field. That doesn't make him a raw prospect at quarterback. It makes him a very mm-hmm. good athlete because of his size and his running ability. Like I saw him uh, at the uh, you know with, with a trail uh Trail made the uh, state championship game. And when you look at him running, right away you say this kid could probably be a first-round prospect at tight end. Uh, but, you know, I, you know he, can, he can throw a little. Uh, you know, he can throw on the run. Like, like you said, I think he's a really good fit for so the defense. He can throw the ball down the field. And I do think, you know, he can sit in there. He can take a shotgun snap, scan the field, and make a throw. Uh, you know, it, like all teenagers, he's going to get better at these things. But, you know, when I think of a raw prospect, I think he's far more advanced than Mike was uh, giving him credit for. Because I think he's more advanced as a passer than that. But, you know, obviously by no no account is he a perfect passer. Or what I consider him like a, you know, a drop back, pick you apart guy. But, you know, the thing the thing with the... A guy like Jerry's, he's so big, he's so hard to bring down. And he, he's a good enough passion in a way you cannot completely sell out on him running. Because he can, he can find the open guy and he can beat you there. Uh, and, you know, like, like I said, he's a hard guy to take down. He's a, he's a physical player. Uh, you know, big quarterback that's a physical guy. When you watch him run, he runs with a level of physicality. That you don't see out of most quarterbacks, but then most quarterbacks aren't six foot four, two hundred and forty-five pounds. You know, he's carrying a lot of—he's carrying a lot of muscle. You know, a lot, of, a lot of lot in that frame, and uh, you know, yeah. So I, I like Joey. I think he's going to be good at Auburn. Again, it's a possibility he doesn't play quarterback. I'm not—I wouldn't sit down here and say he's—you know—for sure going to be a quarterback, but. I would say that uh, I think that he's got a very good chance of being a productive player at Auburn University for quite a while.
0: Yeah, and the, the one play that really stood out from my mind from that whole game, he had a run. You know, it wasn't incredibly impressive. I think it was maybe like a 12-yard run, but he ran over a defender. He runs out of bounds, and he's just staring down the guy that he ran, ran over. And uh, you know, <laughs> I, I like to see that competitiveness, especially in, you know, obviously it's just an exhibition game, but you like to see a guy like that have a little fire, have a little passion, even in a game that that doesn't really mean anything. So that really stood out to me.
1: Yeah, man, I tell you, there is a—it's an all-star game, but they—they—it's not, you know, the, the the competition level is so high, there. those guys believe it. They're going for—they're out there on that field. They've been—they've been chomping at the bit all week. They're going for blood. So I loved it too. I loved the fact that he showed that side of his game because that. He is a big, strong young man. He's tough, and you know what I mean. You have to be—you've got to be physically tough to play the quarterback. Quarterback the way Gus Malzahn wants it, and you know Stidham is more of a—you know—less of a runner, more of a passer. You know, I think I think Gatewood is a little bit more of a runner right now, but I think his passing skills will, you know, should should be able to improve, and I, I, I I have high expectations for him. I think he can actually make it at quarterback in Auburn's offense, but you know I'm not I'm not surprised to look for another quarterback because he can make it as a tight. I think like I said, I think mean, he can be a tremendous first round sort of tight end, but that's just because
0: he's a great athlete. Mm-hmm. You know, he can do some guys can do both. Another guy I wanted to ask you about, you know, I don't really recall any standout plays from him from the game, but just maybe your overall thoughts if you have any. On receiver Malik Heath, um, he was a top prospect from Mississippi. He signed with Mississippi State, and they desperately need help at receiver immediately. Uh, do you have any thoughts on on him and whether he could kind of come in and play the first year? Yeah, I
1: think I, I, I. mean, I think I saw him. I didn't really, you know, he didn't. I obviously, I watched the game. He didn't stand out in the game, but mm-hmm. uh, size, you know, I you know, I think if you look at if they need help at receiver, they need some targets, you know, physically, he's going to, you know, he's going to fit the bill. Now, you know, I couldn't tell you about his route tree, couldn't tell you about his hands, couldn't tell you about his ability to downfield block, or, uh, or do the other things that, you know, that receivers need to do, and are really going to need to do under Moorhead, who's, you know, is going to run a much different offense Mm -hmm. than the one that Dex did, but physically he fits the bill. And I think, you know, like running back, wide receiver, as a freshman, if, you can, if you're big and you can run, and let's assume you can catch if you're playing receiver, you got a shot. You know, they don't have to, they don't have to complicate the route tree too much at the
0: beginning. Another receiver that I wanted to talk to you about is currently uncommitted, but Jacob Copeland. You know, obviously Florida, Alabama, yeah. and Tennessee, they're all after him. They all want him. Um, I didn't see anything from him in that game that was that was too stand ish but he did have that one play where he kind of, you know, made an end around out of a non end around play and it just it really showcased how athletic he was. He made a lot of the best athletes in the nation look foolish on that play. So, uh what are what are your thoughts on Jacob Copeland? Yeah,
1: I thought it was a very athletic play, probably not it wasn't the most productive play because he probably gained about an additional half yard with all that running. So <laughs> I would have next time told him just to put his shoulder, you know, just, just playing his foot head upfield and get another tough yard if you need to. But, I, I, you know, I've seen Jacob for a few years living here in the state and uh really good, smooth receiver. I think he, you know, he, he does a good job at getting the ball at the point of attack. Um, I don't think he fights the ball too much, which is something that I see a lot of young receivers doing these days. Um, But overall, uh, I think he's a good, well-rounded prospect. I know he was committed to Florida. I know he's looking at a few places. I think it wouldn't surprise me if he ended up at Florida again Mm -hmm. in the long run, but I know there's a few other options out there for him. He's a kid I, I wouldn't expect too much out of him in his freshman year other than you know, maybe getting in some of the multiple sets and, or, or you're running three, four wide and, you know, maybe helping out a special teams somewhere. But I feel like he's a young man that you look at your 2019, 2020 season, you know, can really emerge as a, uh, as a player.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, you, you know, <laughs> it's funny that you say that he did, he did gain an extra yard on that one play, but it, it yeah, was, it was a spectacular you know, it, yard. <laughs> it was. It was fun, you know. It's a, it's an, it's an all star game. So I, you know, I think he was.
1: He clearly had, you know, had his. You know, you got you know, you know as a receiver, you might only get one, two, three catches in the game. So you know, you got to try to make something happen. So I can always appreciate the uh, the desire to make a big play. You know, he ran around a lot, and it, it was fun to watch. It definitely was. And it's like you know, but you know, obviously. When you're when you're when you're when you're, in the, when you're in a game on Saturday, it's just the coach is going to say, "Hey, just put your, you know, just 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 make sure you bring that ball in, turn around and try to get what you can."
0: Now, I also wanted to ask you about Justin Fields. Obviously, he didn't play in the game. He he injured his finger earlier in, in his senior season. Signed with Georgia, he's a you know All-American quarterback. Everybody's talking about him. And on one of our previous episodes, we had Barton Simmons of Two Four Seven Sports on and. And he threw it out there, you know. He said, "There's a chance that he starts next year, despite what Jake Jake Fromm has done for Georgia this season." Um, I don't know how much of Justin Fields you've seen play this year, but do you have any thoughts on him and any thoughts on that him potentially starting for Georgia next year?
1: Uh, I don't think he's going to start next year. I, don't, I think that's uh, that's a lot of that's some that's some hyperbole. I mean, I mean, if he does start, it would be. More than likely because Jake Fromm had an injury or something that uh, mm-hmm. just that, that 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 kept that took him out of the lineup. Which, uh, you know, I think I think sometimes one of the things we do is you know you see that next hot name and it's like oh he can come and he might know he's not going to Jacob Fromm by every count and you know it was proven again on Monday you know he's the you know the the, the team is really fit tailored around his skills right now. He as a freshman, went in there, took that job. He is, uh, you know, he takes pride in that job, and he's a competitor, obviously, to come in there. And really, you know, he, he didn't start ahead of Jacob Eason. Jacob Eason got hurt early, but he never let go of the job. And he, you know, and he has command, and he's a leader. You know, he this, you know he's won the respect of his teammates and the respect of his coaches. And, you know, he is carrying himself as the face of that program. And it's it's a really unfair to expect you know, Justin Fields to come in as a as a freshman. You know, and, and you know, I, it, it's going to be more pertinent to see what he learns from Jake Fromm, in how to conduct himself as a starting quarterback, than for him to come in there and you know grab a football and you know and start looking like you know Michael Vick or whoever, mm-hmm. you know, so, or, you know whoever, whoever you know named quarterback. You know that that's the thing. So i probably a little Probably a little bit of a fun hyperbole to like, oh, to think about it. So he's not going to start. That doesn't mean he's not going to contribute or be a major contributor. I um, would. You you look at the game this year. Uh, you know, all year the idea that Tua could play this situation or that situation or another situation, it turns out that really they were just waiting for the national title game <laughs> for it to happen. And you know, and that's going to be the same thing. Huh? I don't think Kirby Smart like Nick Saban would ever be afraid to make the move if it was the best thing for the team. So if there's a situation down the line that comes that, you know, Jake that, that Justin feels will be more effective than Jake Fromm to help them win a football game, absolutely I think he's going to play. But I think he's going to start right away. Thanks, that's ridiculous. I, I don't see that happening. Like I said, unless Jake Fromm suffers an injury of some sort.
0: Yeah, and I think that's just going to be kind of part of the legacy of Jake Fromm. Obviously, now he was a touted prospect, but when you want to compare—yeah, absolutely—if if you want to yeah. compare his hype to Justin Fields and even Jacob Eason, who his hype was off the charts, yet it's Jake Fromm that kind of went in there and and got it done. Um, he just seems—he just seems like you said a natural, not only for the position, but for that team. He just—he really fits what they are. And uh, I, I thought that was that was evident as soon as he stepped on the field. There was, the, the team got better. It didn't even it didn't even slow down with him in there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like I said, you know, for Justin Fields, I think the most pertinent thing is for him right away is to figure out what makes Jake From kick. How is he able to so quickly win the respect of his teammates, win the trust of his coaches? When they had, as we see, you know, a young man who had, you know, you know, ten, eleven get starts up under his belt. it was a five-star prospect, a guy that, you know, as of a few hours ago, has said his goodbyes to half in Georgia. In Georgia because there's no room for him anymore. So I think that's the first, you know, if you want to know what I expect, I hope for Justin Fields in the spring is for him to, you know, figure out what makes you, you think from pick and try to emulate a lot of those skills that he had as a leader and as a guy that you know, clearly everybody on that team believes in that, you know, they believe to win him a title. And he was, and he proved to on Monday that in many situations that he wasn't scared of the moment, that he can make the third down throws, that he can make the, you know, he can make the big plays. So the idea that somebody, because we've rated him high, is going to come in and start above him, no, it's not going to happen. You know, that's not, that's not really the way things work. But, you know, that doesn't mean that there won't be a situation in a 2018 season where Justin Fields is going to make a difference on the field.
0: Another um, All-American that I wanted to ask you about, Quay Walker, the linebacker from Georgia, uh, currently committed to Alabama, but uh, I'm not sure if you're aware of this. His position coach or the, the coach that was recruiting him to Alabama, Derek Ansley, just, he just took a job with the Oakland Raiders, and that's, that seems to uh, have hurt Alabama there and he's on his way to a visit to Tennessee. I know Georgia stopped by his high school today. It seems like both those schools are really going hard after Quay Walker. Did you have any thoughts on him from the Under Armour All-American game? Now he was
1: one of the – I think he was maybe the only player of, that was committed to Bama in one of these All-Star games that wasn't signed, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can, you, I think, I'm pretty sure he just uh, committed – and never signed. So uh, I don't really remember whole. You know, the guys that really stood to me on defense was the Cox kid and the other kid that's going to Alabama. The uh Cox is the one going. To tr- yes. Yeah. Exactly. Those were the ones that really stood out to me. Uh, I couldn't. You know, I, I hate to hate to hate to hate to punt there, but you know, you're watching. You're watching a lot. You're watching a lot. And I actually, you know, I'd probably look at them more on a replay. You know, I, I have it on my DVR. When I look at the game again in a few weeks, I could probably, you know, kind of spotlight them a little more. But, um, you know, that you know, when you're watching the game in real time, you're trying to see who really stands out. But that doesn't—it doesn't surprise me that if you're a this position, coach is left, and you know, you've get to think, Alabama's without that coach or without their D coordinator obviously Jeremy Ford did the job at Tennessee, then yeah, I would, and if you don't sign, I mean, I think the way this early signing kind of worked is, hey, if you're you're committed and didn't sign early, you're kind of open, aren't you?
0: (laughs) Right, that was going to be my follow-up there. I think a lot of these schools, now, it's not going to be the same for, obviously, like an MTSU or, or someone on that level, but Alabama, Georgia, what have you, the elite of the elite, if you don't sign, I think those schools are going to I mean, I th- I'm surely they'll hold out for five star prospects, but I think anything short of that, they're just they're going to look around and keep their options open.
1: Yeah, I think at that point, if you're not signing early, it's it, it, it's 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 two way open. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Alabama's going to, you know, continue to look at other players that could fit that scholarship. And the young man is going to continue to uh, figure out if that's the right fit for him. And, you know, and. At the end of the day, we'll see what happens. Uh, but, uh, I, uh, but, yeah, I mean, that was, I, I. you know, when you brought up the name, I was pretty sure if as I was doing my legwork that he was the only one of the players for Alabama that were committed to school in either the Army or the um, Under army game that did not, that, that was not um, signed, mm-hmm. that was just committed and hadn't signed yet. So, you know, I think that, you know, in his case, this might work out because he lost his D coordinator. I mean, you know, Pruitt is taking the job, and then mm-hmm. Ainsley, you know, takes the job. So the the primary recruiters for him are no longer there.
0: So you mentioned Jordan Davis, the defensive end from from Memphis. He signed with Alabama. Brenton Cox, the big defensive end from from Georgia, he signed with Georgia. Uh, did, yeah. Can you tell us about those two guys and just uh, your general thoughts on on if they could potentially make an impact next year?
1: Cox really, of all the players on either side defense, Cox really showed me some accelerated skills and his technique. You know, it was just it was it was beyond just the speed, and obviously he's got you know, so much so much from the phys- from the physical tools to work with. But I was really impressed with just the just the way he was able to control the hand fighting, uh, you know, understand where he needed to be and how quickly he was able to get there. And, you know, I think he, he was he's a young man that he seemed to diagnose what the blockers were doing against were doing very well and how to get around it. So I was really impressed with you know, I, I would say mental preparation for the game, and how quickly he's able to mentally, you know, mentally diagnose what's happening on the field and come up with answers for it. You know, he really, you know, I would say of all the players, he really kind of stood out to me in that area.
0: Right, the last, last thing I got for you here, I just wanted to throw this out. These, these two players, they were not at the Under Armour All-American game. They were actually at the Army All-American game, but they play the same position. They went to the same high school uh, there in Florida. They both went to American Heritage. And, of course, I'm talking about five-star Patrick Sertan and five-star Tyson Campbell. Uh, Do you have any thoughts on either one of them? I know they're both uncommitted, and it looks like they're both probably going to head to the SEC. Any thoughts on either one of those prospects?
1: Yeah, well, I think Patrick Sertan – is the best defensive back in the state of Florida, which might make him the best defensive back in the nation. Uh obviously the name is familiar, you know, his dad has a tremendous NFL uh, NFL credentials, but mm-hmm. I've seen Patrick a number of times over years. i probably first met that kid he's he maybe in seventh grade. So, uh you know, he he played, he plays the game. He plays the game like it's supposedly played on the edge. Uh my One of my good friends, Charles Fishpine, says he thinks he's the best defensive back prospect in the state since Patrick Peterson. oh i 'm gonna go that far, but that's pretty good you know <laughs> if it, if uh, he turns out to be eighty percent of what Patrick Peterson is that's a pretty good player so uh Tyson Campbell's a beast man I mean that's just a big hulking player uh, in that secondary uh, I know he was uh I know, you know, my friends that are Miami Hurricanes fans were really, you know, they kind of hoped that that would be the one guy, if any guy in his class, that Mark Rick could keep, you know, down in the uh, Tri-County area in Florida, but, you know, I'm convinced that he's probably leaning towards the University of Georgia, Mm -hmm. and it's that that type of player. It's those type of, you know, why is Georgia going to win a national title in the next two or three years? Because they just keep getting better at every position. You know, they were good. They were obviously very, very, very good this year. But the offensive line class they're bringing in is probably the best OL class I've seen in any school's brought in the last five years. Mm -hmm. You know, the players, the areas where they've got talented players, they're bringing in more talented players. And that's why they're going to win a title.
0: And you make a good point because last year, if I'm not mistaken, they brought in six offensive linemen that were either four or five-star prospects. And they follow that up with another four or five. Once again, um, I mean, it's just it's incredible what what Kirby Smart's doing right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is this was the thing as I told people. I said, you know, it's almost it's almost lucky that they weren't able to pull out the game this year because if they won the game this year, who knows? You know, uh, I mean, I think in many ways. You know, Monday night the torch was passed. You know, even though Alabama came up with the win and a tremendous win, and they showed all the heart and all the resolve that we I think we all were never sure that they had. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to take this from Alabama. I think for so many years they've been so dominant. I think we all wondered how they could withstand really being punched in the mouth by a team that wasn't scared of them and willing to do it. And they stood up and they took it on the chin, and they came back, and they won, so I will I will never question the, the, the competitive spirit or the resolve of the, any player of that program ever again, all that being said, they were dominated in that game for two and a half quarters, and I would never seen that before, so, you know, he's going to build on that, bring in a few better players, and when they, and when they get that opportunity again, I, I, I expect Georgia to fully take over that
0: torch. Well, you just became the most popular man in Athens uh, as soon as this gets published. But uh, <laughs> I wanted to thank you once again. Of course, that was Corey Long, SDS recruiting expert. You can follow him at Corey Long on Twitter. Uh, I really appreciate the time, uh, Corey. Thanks again for, ha- for joining us.
1: Hey, no problem. Give me a call anytime. I love this stuff.
0: All right, great stuff from Corey. And again, you can follow him on Twitter, at Corey Long. You know, we kind of touched on a lot of prospects there from the Under Armour All-American game. It's going to be really interesting to see where Maurice Washington goes. You know, I think he was the biggest surprise for me from that game he really looked like uh, you know a player that that kind of took his undervalued status and and kind of that kind of burned his fire a little bit extra and i think that's what you want because you know th- this isn't a secret or any by any means but i don't think most people understand how few people are actually rating these prospects you know you got thousands and thousands of players all across the country playing football and i mean you you're talking a handful of evaluators that at each of the recruiting services, so it's not possible to, to accurately rank all of them. Uh, so you've seen time and time again, you know, it's not how you start, it's how you finish, and I think a guy like Maurice Washington kind of kind of took that and ran with it this week, from a low-level three-star to now having SEC schools, in Nebraska pounding at his door, uh, I think he, he's going to have a really bright future ahead of him, so... Uh, it would be really interesting to see where he goes. I think we're going to end it on that. And as always, I'm going to sign off here as my typical signing don't tweet recruits.